Hey listener, thank you for joining us today. Today's guest is Secret Pie, a creator of many talents, including entomology, making music, and of course, making comics. We're excited to share with you the story behind our offbeat webcomic Broccoli Soup, where we follow a young broccoli's life in a void with her best friend Doris. We'll chat about her dynamic and unforgettable art style, which makes you feel like you're in a new art exhibition every week, her passion for music and how she incorporates it into her comic, and discuss why she wants to see more weird comics in an industry increasingly dominated by romance and action genres. Hope you enjoy! Hey, Secret Pie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? I LARP as a sentient pastry with legs. I'm I'm from Texas. I draw comics. And I really like bugs. And I'm trying to become an entomologist. <laughs> how, how did you come up with the name Secret Pie? I don't know. It's, it's just like a secret pie. A pie can contain anything. And you don't know what's in it until you cut it open. Like it could be fruit or meat, or slime, or darkness. It's a secret. I don't know. I was going to name myself Schrodinger's Pie, but then that seemed like a bit of a mouthful. Secret Pie is definitely easier. Rolls off the tongue, so I like it. And how did you get into drawing comics? I was a pretty big fan of comics. Or, well, actually, not growing up. I, I discovered them in high school, so I didn't, like, grow up with them. Uh like it was this one comic that I wrote in high school that was sort of like my first web comic. It was a forum adventure, if you know what those are, called All Night Laundry. And it made use of the infinite canvas. And I was sort of like totally blown away by it. I had never seen a comic with like long panels showing characters falling and things like that. And I just thought that was so cool. And, but I've always like made up stories since I was little and played with dolls and stuff. Like, I mean, so I just wanted to do that. It's one thing to enjoy reading comics and to like them. It's another to get into drawing and start to develop that into, into a craft. So when did you start drawing comics and what did they look like at the beginning? Oh, they look really bad. Like <laughs> I, well, I started out just like writing prose, like stories. So, so I think my first comics were like, I tried to do a lot of the things that you do when writing prose in comics, not realizing that it's like, you know, it's a visual medium, it's totally different. So I do that thing where it's like, I have characters describe how they're feeling when I could just, you know, show their facial expressions. Like it, it, it didn't quite click for me. So I just had the narration explain what was going on. It was like, it was like that one panel of that one, like really old Batman comic where it's like, Batman could relate to the child because of his dark and mysterious past. And then like, uh, the panel is of him talking and saying, I could relate, I can relate to you because of my tragic path. <laughs> like it was that. So made a lot of mistakes. Also the drawing was just pretty bad. I, I didn't know a lot of the things I know now. Like I know now that making simple characters is good. And uh, if you make characters that are a little complicated, it gets tiresome because you have to draw them over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> Uh, I do want to get into your learnings in a bit, but in terms of coming up with broccoli soup, how did you come up with that concept? Well, actually, I'm going to be totally honest. I, this comic in particular, I sort of worked backwards. 
I didn't actually start with a concept. I started just by thinking I wanted to make a comic and working within my limits. I thought I hated drawing backgrounds and I have a short attention span. So what can I do with that? So I made my characters really simple and I decided they would spend most of their time in a featureless void. And then I just had to think, okay, why are they in a void? And it just went from there. So like all of my decisions artistically and story or narratively were sort of born of limitations and kind of laziness. <laughs> Even like the, the first world that they go to, like the moth world, the reason that I drew on top of images was because I really didn't want to draw backgrounds. Wow, that's so cool because I, I love the feel that it creates. I mean, you feel like you're going from the void to this like very foreign dimension because there are images, but it was because you were like, I just want to simplify what I do and draw quickly. Is that right? Yeah, it wasn't like some kind of like big brain. Like, I think this is super like neat mixed media visual experience. It was literally just, I don't want to draw backgrounds. <laughs> so a lot of the uh, comic artists that we talk to they can feel intimidated when it comes to starting their comic. It seems like you dove right in and started drawing. How much of Broccoli Soup did you have figured out before you started drawing? Oh, that's a good question. I think I just really had a basic concept, but I didn't quite know where the story was going until, I guess until after the moth world. I think then I knew, like but then I actually sat down and I started writing an outline. Before that, I didn't even write scripts for the comic, which was pretty bad. I don't recommend that. Writing without a script is bad. Don't, don't do it. I did it because I wasn't thinking, I guess. But uh, I think it, there's a clear difference. Like you can tell when I actually started like writing ahead of time and not just drawing whatever I felt like. And in terms of your art style, you have a lot of comments. A lot of your readers love your art style. It says it reminds them of adventure time both of the in the art style and the narrative as well but how did you develop your art style and what what sources do you think you really drew from as you created your characters and your worlds hmm. I guess like the other thing like I developed that art style because it was simple or I, I liked sort of adventure timey characters they appealed to me because they were simple and because I knew I would have to be drawing them over and over again and that's even the reason that like broccoli is kind of paper white is so that I wouldn't have to color them in mm. although that ended up becoming not <sighs> as I continued on and started actually drawing the backgrounds that became kind of less relevant but they just still look like that now I guess it's, it's just a very rendered simple character mm. So my main inspiration was still that uh, comic I talked about, All Night Laundry, that had, uh, it actually had lots of time travel shenanigans and whenever the characters mm. would time travel, the art style would change. And I thought mm. that was super cool. So I didn't, that wasn't like an original idea of mine. I pretty much just ripped it straight from this web comic. Although I, I'd made it so that like, I guess different dimensions had a different art style. But you, you should really give Jack Fractal all the credit for that. His comic is super underrated, too. It's great. I'll read All Night Laundry. It's, it's a masterpiece. So in terms of your weekly process, what is your kind of schedule like? How do you make sure that you, you know, 
go from, okay, I have the idea of a comic that I want to make to actually putting the comic out there? I guess it's, it's really important to, I, I generally take long hiatuses where I build up a buffer because I will often go back and change, like, I kind of like to work in the story in big chunks so that I don't sort of have to go back and retcon things from earlier chapters. And then I just keep a weekly schedule with my buffer. If I didn't have a buffer, I'd be pretty in bad shape. Like, I'm not great at writing by the seat of my pants. So I sort of just make sure that I have, and I was also doing a buffer allows me to just sort of like work on different parts whenever I feel like it. Like. I don't necessarily just do all thumbnails and then all line art and all like I sort of sometimes we even do panels out of order, which probably isn't the greatest process, but sometimes I more clearly, sometimes I will more clearly know what I want to do for later panels. And if I get stuck, I think it just helps to just sort of be able to skip ahead. And then maybe once mm. you've got a better idea, you can go back and fill in the things. So that way you're always moving. So when you think about a chunk that you work through, how many episodes is that usually, or chapters? Well, I really wanted the first chunk to be like all of season one, which is, I guess, like, I haven't even finished it yet. It's supposed to be like after the olive arc thing. And then there's going to be one more kind of void interlude and mm. a weird thing at the end that this is a spoiler. Uh, but <laughs> my plan was to... I guess the olive arc took much longer than I thought it was going to. I don't know what I was expecting because it's the most rendered art style I've ever tried doing. And gosh, it took a long time. Uh, I regret doing that art style. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I think the first couple pages I was like, yeah, this looks nice. And then I was like, oh, I've got to do all of this for so long. Well, this is, this, I, I, I forgot my origins, my, my roots, why I did the void. <laughs> I got cocky and I thought I thought I could actually draw. I flew too close to the sun. No, I'm just, but you know, <laughs> it took me way longer than I thought of. So the chunk was artificially cut off, I guess, at the Olive Park because of technical difficulties. I see. But, but like I worked for an entire year before putting out any episodes at all. Oh, wow. What was that like? Just going, you know, a year without putting something uh, out there. Were you nervous before you uploaded your first episode up? I think so. I've, I'd never actually put anything on the internet before. So mm. it was very easy for me to not publish. The thing. I was very scared. It's not like I was very eager to do it. I, I kept putting it on actually. And so that's why I just had a year's worth of content and why I was able to keep that weekly posting schedule for so long. What do you think pushed you to finally be like, you know what, I just got to publish this? Because you could have continued to, to to develop in the in the background if you really wanted to, but you had the courage to hit publish. What do you think it was? I honestly do not remember. It was <laughs> April 15th. I don't know what happened that day. Like, I don't think there's any significance to that date. It's Broccoli's birthday, though, now, I've decided. And then a later, <sighs> I think, like, when the year after, like the next April 15th, I had a birthday episode. So I've just arbitrarily decided that that's, that's the birthday time. But I, I don't know why I posted that. Like, I don't think there's a reason. What was it like to get reactions from fans saying that they love the comic? Kind of, kind of surreal, I guess. 
surreal that anybody besides my brother read and enjoyed a thing I created. Do people around you know that you make web comics? Some of them do. Generally, I will tell people if they are also an art person, like if they also draw and have characters, then I tend to just sort of, I, I might show them as a way of relating to them. Like, oh, hey, I got little guys too. And I do meet a lot of people with characters. Like, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I hang out in a lot of like TTRPG circles. So like I hang out with Dungeons and Dragons people. So that's mm -hmm. kind of part of the course. In terms of emotions for the reader, what did you want them to feel as they read your webtoon and what do you want them to walk away with? I don't know. I guess I wanted them to, I, I guess, care about the characters and their struggles. And I, I mean, I, I did sort of want to teach people some things, although I don't think it's something that maybe hasn't ever been said. Like a lot of stories, like, I guess, kind of have themes about communication and empathy. I'm definitely not the first one to do that. Although other times I want my readers to experience existential dread. <laughs> it really depends on the time. Or I guess because I feel a lot of existential dread and I want that to be not just my problem. Mm. That's totally really fair. Me, that that sounds that sounds kind of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are the author. You you have license to to put the reader through a range of emotions so it's, it's all yes good. but i also i don't want to like make people feel really awful <laughs> yeah. not, that's not that's not my goal i don't think so totally fair the other interesting thing that you did with broccoli soup is you use music um and you have like soundcloud links that people can listen to while reading the webtoon can you tell us a little bit more about how you came up with that concept because I've only seen that for original work, so it was really cool to see that for a Canvas creator as well. Yeah, no, I just like writing music, and I, like, imagine music when writing scenes. I mm. came from, like, kind of a music background. I think I've written music ever since I was, like, seven. Wow. Although, I mean, the songs I wrote when I was seven were, like, little dinky waltzes. I was really obsessed with waltzes. That's crazy. So, for I mean, you're producing music alongside the webtoon, then. That's amazing. Yeah. I've actually made music stuff on SoundCloud before comics. That was like, mm. that's just a thing I've done for a long time. The comicking came after. Is this something that you, you know, want to continue? Like this incorporation of music? Do you just view that as part of the style of what you pursue? Oh, yeah. I want it to become more prominent, actually, because I have a couple of songs that are going to have lyrics and that are kind of more like story important. Mm. especially one that I think is going to be sort of like like it has a mantra in it that is going to be very important and I'm really excited to release that song it's going to be like at the end of this season oh I'm I'm very excited to see what what that entails and what that sounds like so that'll be uh that'll be fun you you talked about learnings earlier and you said you know there's so many things that you didn't know when you first started that now you know what were some of your biggest learnings as you made, you know, and published your first webtoon? The biggest thing I probably learned is that making comics is very slow going. Mm. I guess I didn't know what I was expecting, but I'll probably be working on this for like another five years. Mm -hmm. Like the world of web comics is just very slow. And yeah. And unless you're maybe Jack Fractal, that guy I was talking about, like he wrote so fast and I don't know how, like he just... Mm. 
yeah, he's crazy, but uh, <laughs> you can't all be like that. Uh, I guess I also learned that taking shortcuts and cutting corners is honestly kind of the bread and butter of web comics. And mm. there's a lot of them that you can take to just make your life easier that don't really, they don't like sacrifice your artistic integrity. Like you can use pattern brushes instead of just like hand drawing the same pattern over and over again and you get the same result. Or like you can, heck, you can even, you know, j just working within your limits is, uh, I think, a thing that should be recognized. Like, obviously, if you, if you want to draw in a certain way, like studying anatomy and learning to become a better artist is super cool. But also, you don't have to. If you just have a story you want to tell and you want to tell it now, you could literally make a webcomic with stick figures. I can name two that like are pretty prominent where all the characters just look like stick figures. That is the beauty of Canvas. You know, anybody can kind of come in and, and create a webtoon. You're right. You can just put something out there and, and people will, will start reading and at least give you a chance, which is, which is super cool. Uh, I'd love to spend a little time talking a bit about you know, supporting yourself as a comic artist. This is a big question that we get, you know, I have a webtoon, I, or I want to make a webtoon, but I know it's really hard to make money as well. So how have you balanced kind of supporting yourself while also creating a webtoon? I might be the wrong person to ask because webtoon is just sort of something I do for fun. It's not my job. And I don't really intend to ever make it my job. Is there a reason why you're like, I wanna just keep it a hobby versus pursue it full-time? I guess because I'm worried that if I pursue it full-time, I'll start to hate it because I'll rely on it for money or that I will change my writing and content to appeal to more people in the interest of making money, which mm. knows no shame in that, of course. Make what sells. If, if your goal is to make money, that's, that's valid. That's not my goal. I just kind of want to keep comics something for fun. Although there, there is, of course, like there's ways to like write a really good story that appeals to a lot of people. I'm not saying that can be done. Maybe it can be done by somebody. I don't know. I, I just, I sometimes feel like I can't do it, I guess. In terms of your future, are there new things you want to try? What do you see for the next uh, few years? I'm probably going to be working on this web comic for another like couple of years. Like I haven't really been thinking of anything else. I guess I do sort of have some other story ideas, but I try not to think about them because I'm afraid that if I do, I'll get excited about them and I want to draw them instead. So I don't want to do that, but I'll, I'll, I'll get there when I get there. Do you have a sense of how Broccoli Soup would wrap up? Yes. Although I don't know if I'm completely satisfied with it. I might end up changing it, but mm -hmm. I do generally know how it's going to end. And in terms of the future of the webcomic industry, is there any change that you want to see more industry-wide? I guess just more weird comics, like mm -hmm. comics that sort of aren't like romance or action or or the, or the same sort of romance and action stories over and over. Like, don't get me wrong, those genres are fine. And I do also think we live in an age now more than ever where anyone can just post anything and there is all kinds of weirdness floating around. I just sort of like worry about webtoons I guess genre system I do I see I do think it is a bit constricting like on fan fiction websites and places like tapas you can tag your stories with things like robots or lgbt or enemies to lovers or stuff so that readers can easily find and click with the tropes that are interested 
uh, or that, that, they're, that they're interested in. But Webtoon just sort of has these genres like fantasy and action, which are so broad. So I feel yeah. like the cookie cutter fantasy story is what's promoted within that genre system and the cookie cutter action story. And it's a bit harder to find niche things without tags. So I sort of, I, I hope that Webtoon goes the way of tagging. They might, I don't know. Before we move to our final round, do you have any advice for young comic creators that are just getting started and want to build a good comic? I, I guess just sort of the things I've been saying, like don't bite off more than you can chew, chew work within your limits, uh, have fun, don't be too hard on yourself. Because <laughs> you definitely, if, if you're just starting out making comics, your, your first stuff that you make, your first comics aren't going to look good. That's just... That, that, that that's fine you're gonna get better and especially like that's kind of one of the and the neatest thing I think about web uh, web comics especially is that you can just sort of like if you look through like archives you can just see the author's art change like sometimes very rapidly and it's always really cool to see that and I know like a lot of authors kind of want to go back and change all of their first episodes because they're like ah it's old shame I want it to look as nice as the stuff I make now but like I kind of like seeing the change I, I like that so I, I, w I wish more people would just sort of let their old content be a little wonky a little wonkiness is good <laughs> wonkiness is good I'm, I'm definitely a fan of, of wonkiness it keeps things interesting just throughout life so let's close things out are you ready for our rapid fire question have at me Best of luck. People need luck to get through these, but uh, I think they'll do just fine. Uh, first one, which fictional character or characters best describe your personality? I don't know, Gromit? Like from Wallace and Gromit, the, the dog? <laughs> or maybe I'm Wallace, actually. That's, I'm like, sometimes I'm Gromit and sometimes, sometimes I'm Wallace, you know? There you <laughs> go. Keep, keeping it a little, just a little wonky from the start. I really, I really, really liked it. Uh, which three web comics would you take with you on a desert island? Okay, well, I feel like if I had web comics on a desert island, that would mean I'd have a computer with an internet connection. So, like, this is this, this connection is only to webtoon. Well, We've God. thought this one through clear, clearly. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. I guess I'd probably pick three that have. I'm overthinking this because I was like, I gotta have long archives so that I have more content. Like, if yeah. I pick a short one, then. But some of my favorite ones are so short. Gosh, I don't know. I like a lot of webtoons. I like uh, that all night laundry one I mentioned. I really like my dictator boyfriend. That's mm. I, I know the title is very interesting, but it is. I was not. It, it is a very interesting political satire, and I also really like Oni Girl. There's a story called Charming, which is like about a prince charming. That's like I guess he's so attractive that he kills people. Like, like anybody who looks at him, like their face melts off and it's kind of like a whole thing. He has the curse. I don't know. It's funny. Uh, and then there's like, uh, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't pick from them. I, I like too many of them. And I also like everything okay. is fine. That, that's a, a the, you know, the 1984, but with government mandated fursuits. Mm. I think that's what that one is about. I don't know. No, you've, you've shared some favorites, which is, which is all we could ever ask for. Yeah, if you could pick any, which creator would you want to have dinner with? Uh, not Mike B, because I feel like he'd poison me. Uh, <laughs> the everything is fine guy. <laughs> no, 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 he wouldn't. Uh, 
Actually, I'd probably say Princess Sloth, the creator of uh, Oni Girl. She just seems like a nice gal. Uh, she puts recipes in her webtoon sometimes. So I, uh, I don't know if, if she if she could cook me anything. Not that she would cook me anything, but uh, she's also just a really nice gal. Uh, she lives really close to me, actually. She's mm. painted murals in my city that I live in. Oh, so cool. that's kind of cool. Yeah, like sometimes I'll just eat at a restaurant and see a thing and just be like, oh, she painted that. How did you find that? Uh, uh, did you find out that she was a mural artist first or a webcomic artist? Oh, web. Uh, I found out she made webtoons first. I just sort of reached out to her and we're just sort of, I guess, mutual comic friends now. That's awesome. What's your favorite scene from any webtoon that pops into your mind? Uh, favorite scene? I don't know. There's so, there's a lot. Uh, well, the scene with the burning church and four people go to hell is pretty prominent. Mm. Also, there's this one yeah. scene in a comic by like a person named Popka, and the comic is called like Slowpoke. And there's this uh, a, a dude who calls himself like the Conqueror it gets into a fight with like a, an enemy that looks like evil Thomas the Tank Engine. Like he's a really big train. <laughs> with like an angry face and there's like a scene where he's shooting like he's doing a backflip shoots the train with a gun and it's in silhouette and it's just so powerful and I think about that panel a lot I don't it's really it's that was a weird comic but uh it no, sounds also, super cool <laughs> there's also a fight scene uh from the charming one where like uh the pr prince charming is fighting Pinocchio but like, like Pinocchio is an assassin in this universe, I guess. And he like, he fights people by telling lies and then his nose gets so long that it can stab them. Like he uses that it as a strange. combat, like mechanic. That's amazing. That's amazing. And evil uh, Thomas the Tank Engine also sounds like something that I need to go see for myself. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have found these very interesting webtoons. And then finally, if you could hang out with one fictional character, who would it be? James from Pokemon. Any reason why James? He just seems like a real nice guy. And also just everything about him. He's an icon. He dresses well. He got lavender hair. He's uh, just real cool. Real cool dude. Yeah, he pulls off that lavender hair very, very well. He's, uh, he's yeah. got some style to him. I respect it. Mm -hmm. Well, Secret Pie, thank you so much for taking a bit of time. Listener, please check out Broccoli Soup. It's a super fun adventure. You can follow Secret Pie at some Secret Pie on Instagram. And Secret Pie, once again, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a blast to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback or want to be featured as our next guest, please write to us at pixelsandpanelspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, or give us a five-star rating. See you all next week.